My name's Anne Preetham. I'm a partner in the employment team in London at Stevenson Harwood. Welcome to our podcast, in which I'll be speaking to Imogen Hayward, an associate in our employment team, on the recent Employment Appeal Tribunal case of Forbes and London Heathrow Airport Limited, and the interplay between social media and employment law generally. In doing so, we're going to provide practical tips on how employers can help to protect themselves from the risks posed by employees posting abusive, offensive or even discriminatory posts on their social media accounts. Before we take you through those key takeaways from the Forbes case, can you please, Imogen, just to refresh, provide us with the legal test which governs when an employer can be vicariously liable for the misconduct of its employees? Of course, Anne. The question that must be asked when assessing whether an employer is liable for the actions of its employees is whether the act was done in the course of employment. It is irrelevant whether the employer has any knowledge of the act or whether the employer could be said to have condoned or turned a blind eye to the act. On the face of it, this may seem unfair. However, there are good policy reasons as to why employers should be vicariously liable for the wrongs of its employees. The primary rationale behind it is that it provides wronged employees with meaningful recourse against a party with the necessary financial resources to compensate for the wrongdoing. This was explored in the case of various claimants and William Morrison Supermarkets PLC, a case many of you will be familiar with and an extreme example of the potential impact of a rogue employee's act on the liability of his employer. As a reminder of this case, a former employee of Morrison's published the personal information of almost 100,000 employees of Morrison's on a public file-sharing website. Over 5,500 of these employees successfully issued claims against Morrison's for breaches of the Data Protection Act and of their employer's common law duties. So what does in the course of employment actually mean in practice? Rather frustratingly, it depends on the facts of each individual case and there is no hard and fast rule. This was reiterated by the Employment Appeal Tribunal in the Forbes judgment. Thank you, Imogen. I can appreciate the lack of certainty in the case law can be frustrating for clients, so it's therefore important to get an understanding of the types of situations in which the court will find that an employer is vicariously liable, and the factors that are common to all such cases, so that clients know what to look out for and to protect themselves against. So what happened in the Forbes case? In summary, Mr Forbes worked as a security officer at London Heathrow Airport. His colleague, Ms Stevens, shared a racially offensive image of a gollywog on her Facebook account, accompanied by the message, let's see how far he can travel before Facebook takes him off. Mr Forbes was not friends with Ms Stevens on Facebook, so he did not initially see this image. However, another colleague, BW, was friends with Ms Stevens on Facebook, and he did see it. BW subsequently showed Mr Forbes the image while they were working a shift together. Mr Forbes submitted a grievance on the basis that racist images were being circulated in the workplace. Mr Forbes's grievance was upheld and Ms Stevens received a final written warning for her misconduct, which amounted to a breach of London Heathrow Airport's dignity at work policy. However, it was noted that Ms Stevens provided Mr Forbes with a genuine apology for her misconduct and appeared contrite throughout the grievance process. Mr Forbes complained when he was later posted to work alongside Ms Stevens. As a result, he was moved to work at a different location without an explanation. He then issued proceedings against London Heathrow Airport at the Employment Appeal Tribunal, alleging harassment, victimisation and discrimination on the grounds of race under the Equality Act 2010. The Employment Tribunal found that Ms Stevens had not shared the offensive image in the course of her employment. This finding was upheld by the Employment Appeal Tribunal. Thanks, Imogen. So what facts was it that the Employment Tribunal found to be decisive in determining whether or not London Heathrow Airport could be liable for Ms Stevens' misconduct? 
The tribunal identified a number of key factors which led them to find that Miss Stevens' misconduct was not in the course of her employment. The basis for their reasoning was, first, Miss Stevens was not at work at the time she posted the offensive image. Second, the Facebook post made no reference to London Heathrow Airport or any of their employees. Third, Miss Stevens did not use her employer's equipment in sharing the image. And finally, the post was published to Miss Stevens on her private Facebook account. She had a small number of colleagues in her friends list, but the majority of those that had access to her posts were personal friends. The tribunal also found that, while the image was undoubtedly offensive and caused Mr Forbes distress, Miss Stevens' sharing of the image did not have the purpose of creating an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating or offensive environment for Mr Forbes, so his harassment claim was unsuccessful. Surprisingly, relevant to this finding was the fact that Miss Stevens had offered an apology and she was agreeable to mediation. So it's a combination of many factors which led to the tribunal finding that London Heathrow was not liable rather than just one. It's a multifactorial approach. It's clear that this judgment doesn't mean that employers cannot be liable for their employees' social media posts. For example, had Miss Stevens used a work computer to share the image while on her shift, the outcome would have been very different for London Heathrow Airport. It's also interesting that Mr Forbes chose not to plead his case on the basis that his colleague B.W. showed him the offensive image while he was at work. I understand that the Employment Appeal Tribunal noted that if he had pleaded his case in this way, that might well have been in the course of employment, and accordingly Heathrow would have been liable. Did the Employment Tribunal consider London Heathrow Airport's conduct as an employer in handling this case? Yes, it did. As you will know, employers have a defence to vicarious liability for claims under the Equality Act if they can show that they took all reasonable steps to prevent an employee from committing the discriminatory act. This is usually evidenced by employers maintaining robust policies and procedures, such as equal opportunities, diversity and inclusion and social media policies, and holding regular comprehensive training to staff on related issues. However, it is widely considered as a notoriously hard defence to prove. Unusually in this case, the Employment Appeal Tribunal heard that the tribunal was entitled to conclude that London Heathrow Airport had taken reasonable steps to prevent its employees from carrying out the discriminatory act in question. This is despite the fact that London Heathrow Airport did not publicise, audit or monitor its social media policy. The tribunal found it was sufficient that it had treated Miss Stevens' conduct seriously and given her a final written warning. That's certainly really good news from an employer's perspective, because the bar as to what may constitute reasonable steps seems to have been taken quite low in this instance. That brings us on to what employers can do to mitigate against the risk posed by employees' social media posts. It's no secret that the line between working and personal lives has been increasingly blurred by the popularity of social media. This has presented a whole host of new risks for employers when it comes to vicarious liability, especially when it comes to reputation. There's a long line of case law involving rogue employees that have made hugely disparaging comments about their employers or their clients on their social media accounts. You may even have read in the press this week about a well-known city barrister who's been identified as posting anti-Semitic material via an anonymous Twitter account. As a first step, we'd always advise employers to have robust policies and procedures in place which deal with equal opportunities, diversity and inclusion, and of course, social media. These policies must be reviewed and updated as necessary on a regular basis and must be communicated and available to staff. It's important for employers to make it clear that employees must not make or engage in any activity which may damage the reputation or business of their employer, whether in or outside of the workplace, during working hours or in their spare time, or on a public or private social media account. That would include posting or condoning content that is offensive, discriminatory or abusive. 
Staff need to be aware that these policies may well apply after they've left the office. Policies should also be reinforced through regular and thorough staff training on issues such as diversity and behaviour in the workplace. Accurate records should be kept of who's attended in case that needs to be referred to later down the line. If policies are maintained and training implemented, that would be highly persuasive as part of the reasonable steps defence argument for an employer. Thanks, Anne. As demonstrated by the Forbes case, it's also important for employers to act swiftly when incidents involving misconduct, particularly of a discriminatory nature, occur. Such matters should be taken seriously and, if appropriate, dealt with under employers' disciplinary policies. If an employer is seen to be taking misconduct seriously, it will be viewed favourably by the tribunal and will act as a deterrent for other employees. And lastly, the Court of Appeal in the Morrison's case explicitly recommended that employers should insure against losses caused by dishonest or malicious employees. If employers have comprehensive coverage against these sorts of events, this could also help to protect them against potentially very high liabilities. So thank you Imogen, that's all for our podcast today. You can listen again to our podcast and subscribe to the whole series on iTunes or Stitcher or by visiting the Stevenson Harwood website. Thank you for listening. Thank you.